Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished entrepreneur from the Netherlands, Mr. Amir Karmel. Amir, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Uh, Amir is the founder of The Inner Workout, which is a gym for inner leadership and meaningful human connections. So, I mean, let's talk about the inner workout. Tell me about this venture and your motivation to start this venture. So, um, yeah, how how far back can I go? Any as far back as you'd like to. All right. So, yeah, I mean, a good way to explain is to share my life story in you know briefly, mm-hmm. um, because I so I was born and raised in Israel, mm-hmm. and when I was 20, I joined the Israeli army, mm-hmm. um, which is compulsory, but I yes. joined the special force unit. And in, I ended up serving for five years, mm-hmm. first as a troop and then later leading teams. And during that time, I think the two, I have two very meaningful experiences, one very strong and positive, which was being part of a team and later leading a team and seeing mm-hmm. team dynamics, being part of something that is bigger than yourself and all of that, right. which was beautiful. Right. And also knowing your friends and comrades uh, mm-hmm. you know, without communicating, even just by you just know them better than your brothers. Yeah, so that was a beautiful experience. And the other part was for me, mostly later when I was a team leader, mm-hmm. of realizing the how much pain and and suffering and all of that a conflict creates. And mostly for me, experiencing that firsthand as looking into someone else's eyes and realizing how much they hate me and are afraid of me. Mm-hmm. And probably they also saw that in my eyes. And that was a very painful experience of realizing that, at least for someone like me, that I always value the human connection, that was not possible in that right. context. Right. I could not connect. Mm-hmm. So this deep connection and zero connection yeah. for me, mm-hmm. the two driving forces and the, and the tension between them is still what drives me today. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I, I finished my service and I was looking for ways or methods that creates meaningful and deep connections. Mm-hmm. And I went on to study psychology and then I came across something that in general is, is referred to as peer coaching with mm-hmm. the idea that you and I are together, we're equals, and I can help you sort out something that keeps you busy right. and then we speak and you help me out. And that's okay. really horizontal, e- equal, equal way of supporting each other, which uh, for me, really blew my mind, especially when it happens in a group, that mm-hmm. group help its members to figure out things in their life. Mm-hmm. And then I did that uh, in a bank here in the Netherlands, at Triodos Bank, uh, mm-hmm. with the colleagues, with the people who work for the bank, mm-hmm. just bringing people together from different departments and helping them or m- together solving problems of each other and seeing all the beautiful things that happened there. I just knew that this is what I want to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And then... So, so that is in general, this ability to support each other, to be there for the other person. Mm-hmm. And then realizing also that it's not so much a knowledge thing. I mean, I can share the principles and you would learn that in one day, but it's yeah. more about the practice. It's more about every time. Again, I, I experience it on myself that if I'm practicing, I'm much more connected to myself. I have much more clarity in what I want to do. I can open up and learn from new people that I meet. And mm-hmm. if I'm not practicing, if I'm not bringing attention to that, way of connecting it just disappears like like a physical fitness 
And so that was one element that brought me to create the Inu workout. So really this idea that it's, it's a practice space, a, a playground that you can always step into and practice your ability to connect. Mm. And the other one was also that make it as accessible as possible. But mm -hmm. in the same way that you would go to the gym at the end of your workday, you can also go to the gym for the soul and practice mm. your and the muscles of your soul. Mm. Very interesting. So when you say the inner workout, you know, there's a lot of multiple interpretations that can be held, you know, from uh, meditation on the one side to yoga to a lot of psychological uh, um, parameters that can be used to really kind of figure out what, uh, how am I grappling with my own self, my inner self, understanding my inner self. How do you uh, define inner workout? Yeah, that's a tricky thing, but it's, it's this ability to be with the other person. So it's always about this social aspect of right. being a human. And I mean, of course, I meditate and, and whatever, reflect and do journal and other things that help me you know, do my inner work. But the inner workout is really that you do that in the connection with the other always. Okay. So that's always in, in dialogue with another person. Okay, fascinating. You also say that you create a resilient culture of belonging and build meaningful relationships within teams and across departments. Help me understand this and give me a couple of examples. Yeah, um, probably good to uh, agree or to define what is culture. What do we mm -hmm. speak about? We speak about culture. Yeah. Okay. And I think, or my way of seeing it is in the same way that you would look at an individual and say that they have a certain personality or a certain right. character, an organization or community or any group of people can have a certain characteristics, a certain features in mm. their personality, their collective personality. Mm. And which is very often not explicit, no, but it's not written anywhere, but it's just the way of doing things or the way of dealing with success or failure or the way of handling conflict. And every group and every organization have a certain way of doing things. Hmm. I'm not sure if you have the experience of joining a new company and then here in one of your first days, mm -hmm. well, that's not how we do things around here. Correct, correct. Exactly where we just bumped into the culture and did hmm. something different than the non-official rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. so, so that's a culture. And I think that these sessions are helping colleagues, helping team members, helping people work for the same company, yeah. bring their full self into the conversation, be right. honest with each other and support each other and really listen with, with their full attention to their colleagues. Mm -hmm. That can really create a culture of much more, well, I'm myself fully in my work, in my team, mm -hmm. and I can really connect to you as your full self, not just yeah. as job title or anything. And then later on, when we connect in other cases, we can just, we still maintain this strong bonds with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what I speak about culture of connection. And, and a, a nice example is I worked with this group of researchers last year, um, and we did a beautiful process of supporting each other and connecting and being really open. Mm -hmm. And they did not work direct. They were not direct colleagues. They all worked for the same department, but in different sub teams. Mm -hmm. And then when one of the last sessions, one of them said, oh, yesterday I just met another person from this group in, in an official meeting. Mm. And regardless of the general topic, I already felt that we understood each other way better because mm. we had this moment of beautiful connection a day before. Mm. So we could, regardless, I cared for him and I wanted him to succeed and, and I felt comfortable around him. So we could 
discuss whatever you know the, the practical topic but with knowing that we have this safety net below us and, and this deep connection with each other very interesting yeah. but continuing with the, the discussion on culture uh, my next question to you uh, amir is culture in large companies is well established culture in startups needs to be built mm. what do big companies do well to keep building upon their culture and what should startups do to build a strong culture uh, interesting question i need to think about it i don't have mm -hmm. a prepared uh, answer well probably what helps is that um you in a way allow culture to grow freely and create enough space for people to take ownership on the culture in in the larger context in big corporates yeah. so create this um of course it needs a good condition for a culture to thrive mm. but also it needs a sense of of ownership and autonomy because mm. if i get i don't know personally if i get the 10 values of the organization from top top, top down i wouldn't follow that it would feel mm. really uh, yeah, just top down. It's not mm. mine. Someone else decided and now I have to follow that. Right. But make it my own and, and have enough space and autonomy to, to grow it and figure out my way of, of following the culture that would be in the, in the big corporates. Mm. And in a small startup, it, it's an interesting question because that's really what I actually practicing now. So mm. I, I used to do that with a team now for a few months without any team and I hope in the future to mm. again build it with the team. And what we try to do from day one and mm. um, also practicing what we preach we speak about meaningful human connections we speak about being ourselves and bring our full self to work mm. is different practices that help do exactly that mm. within the regular processes of the startup so for example it, it's a really basic one but we always started every meeting regardless of the topic with somewhere between one to ten minutes of checking in mm -hmm. allowing every person in the team to just mm. share how am I doing right now, including if I'm stressed or tired or distracted or angry, right. or, but really invite your full being into the, into the team, into the work, mm -hmm. and later discuss all the other matters. But you found out very quickly that taking this extra even 10 minutes really make all the rest much mm -hmm. easier. And you really get into a good flow of work. And for a startup, how important is it for a founder to be able to define culture and follow it as well? Super important. Mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, the difference is if you work with three people or I don't know, in, in your own family, you don't need to define a culture. It's just something that emerged mm -hmm. by your way of interacting mm -hmm. with each other. There's no board meeting deciding these are, these are our five values or that's our culture. It just happened. I think later on it becomes a thing that you need to really take some time and design and, and mm -hmm. think through. But at the beginning, of course, I'm more aware of that because that's my background. But uh, it's more an emerging emerging quality of, of your working together. Mm. So I'll uh, give you an example. I was talking to a startup founder on my podcast and I asked him, I said that what are some of your values? And this is one of my values for the organization is come on time. So I asked him, uh, do you reach on time? He says, no, I'm the owner. I can go anytime I want. <laughs> what are your thoughts? First, yes, that, I mean, 
more than anything else, the way I am in my work, the way I meet my goals, the way I show up for meetings, Correct. that would be the thing that would define the culture later, uh-huh. more than any document and any well-formulated mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So that that's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, uh, I mean, it makes me reflect on what are my values or, mm-hmm. I mean, probably it's around, you know, authenticity and, and you know, being honest, but also work hard. Mm-hmm. I think that... In my work, you know, I, I speak a lot about how important it is to be yourself or how important mm. it is to feel safe with each other. And then also given that you're really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes a summer camp and we're all just happy with each other and, and not get anything done. So mm. I think my values would be all of that, the, you know, authenticity and, and show up mm. plus get shit done. Or I mean, very more. interesting. My next question to you is again, when I was reading about you, this came up. What are some of the challenges you face when it comes to belonging and relationships? Nice question, Ashutosh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking, but I mean, I'm thinking now, so it's mm-hmm. not well-formulated thought. Mm-hmm. Obviously, being an expat moving to the Netherlands mm-hmm. uh, seven years ago, here I experienced much more not being uh, belonged or not being mm. part of the majority so mm. uh, and and i really think that this work so these sessions that i do i, I mean maybe just to give an example is that I, I i was i'm hosting sometimes these sessions just open in the city mm-hmm. people can sign up and join a session and then on my way to the session i go through the city and it feels really hostile and dark and and you know i feel lonely entering this session, meeting a group of people that I don't know. Mm. Very often after having this magical connection and feeling that we're all understand each other and, and feeling really uh, close and warm, my way back home after a session is always the city seems much more mm-hmm. friendly and more inviting and welcoming mm-hmm. because I already made this meaningful connection with other people in the city. So mm-hmm. I think that's really where I became much more aware of how, how much am I connected or not connected to mm-hmm. the society I'm mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I'm now uh, going to come to my last question. And this question is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing experience from the Israeli army to uh, understanding your own uh, inner self to developing your own uh, uh, own practice, uh, which is the inner workout, what would you say are three lessons you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from your learnings and from our conversation? Um, interesting. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is uh, just do it and mm-hmm. do it now. Yeah. And really, see, so within that, see every action as a learning opportunity rather yeah. than a need to perform. So once I can frame anything I do as I can learn from that, rather than this has to be perfect, I can yeah. learn faster. So, so that's one. Um, the other one is probably uh, listen to your heart, as mm-hmm. cliche as it might sound, but that uh, well, the heart knows where you should be and what you should do. So once for me, once I found mm-hmm. that, all the rest uh, slowly fell into place. Mm-hmm. So. So that's the second, and and another third. That's interesting. 
Not to worry, not to worry. Well, probably keep learning. I, th I think it, it's about, you know, never stop learning. Never think that you reached any mm. destination. Keep Wonderful. learning. Wonderful. I mean, on that note, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for sharing three amazing lessons. Just do it and do it well. Listen to your heart and keep learning. Thank you for talking to me about your amazing journey and uh, about all your thoughts about the inner workout. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you for your beautiful questions. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.